Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I am so glad to be back with you. I've been out for the past week taking a little vacation, taking some time with my family, taking it easy for a few days, but we are now back in the saddle and ready to go for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Hi, my name's Kerry Martin, and I'm a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the trans and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Cotton is looking good in the Texas High Plains, but a little bug could cause problems for farmers. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Texas farmers and ranchers are asking the federal government to pay for damages by migrants along the U.S.-Mexico border. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. I've had a chance to travel over the last couple of weeks and always enjoy seeing what farmers and ranchers are up to. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I'll tell you about it in my report from North Central Texas. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Well, this has not been a normal weather year for Texas agriculture, but up in northeast Texas, it's been a pretty good year so far. Jessica Domel has the story. It has been a weird year for Texas weather. We had winter storm Uri in February, and for most of the state, it's been a wetter than normal spring and summer. How has that impacted crops in Northeast Texas? Jessica Humphrey, Lamar County Extension agent, joins us with more. Actually, the crops are doing really well right now, but I know there was some big concerns whenever, of course, the big winter freeze came in and did some damage to the winter wheat that was already up and going. The wet weather after that created some concerns about being able to get the winter wheat out on time before it got ruined or started to mold or anything. From all the producers I talked to, they they got it out. But, I mean, it was just in time. I mean, if that would have had to stay another week in the field, it probably would have been ruined. They got corn planted on time this year, but then we had some really, really wet weather. And corn doesn't do well with an excessive amount of water, especially really early in the growing stage like that. I know uh, several of my producers had to replant because corn didn't come up or it was so stunted it wasn't going to make on time. So they just basically disked it under and replanted. And then... The corn that was already kind of up and established, you could tell whenever you were driving around, the corn that was up on the high parts of the field looked really good. But that corn that was down in the lower part of the field, it was yellow and it was stunted. The excessive water affected the corn a little bit. Now it has recovered now and it's all doing really good. But there for a little bit, it was kind of touch and go for a lot of our producers. That was Lamar County Extension Agent Jessica Humphrey. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cotton is looking good on the Texas High Plains, but there's one little bug that's causing a few headaches for farmers. James Hunt has this report from Amarillo. 
As mentioned in my previous report, flea hoppers have become an issue this season for cotton growers in parts of the Texas High Plains. One such area is down around Plainview, where Blaine Reed is the Texas A&M AgriLife Integrated Pest Management Agent for Hale and Swisher Counties. We've had really high humidity and quite a bit of rain, and that's really fueled the flea hopper population, which, uh, you know, those are plant bugs that can cause a lot of early season square drop. And right now in our scouting program, we're having to treat or have treated in the past uh, 17 days or so about uh, 75 to 80 percent of our cotton acres. So this is one of the larger pest outbreaks we've really seen area-wide in several years uh, ongoing in the cotton right now. Uh, we're trying to keep that uh, square drop intact and not lose this early fruit when we're already running a little bit late. And that last part about cotton running a bit late is important. As we all know, wet and cool weather delayed planting on many farms. Reed says if area cotton was already deep into the bloom stage, flea hoppers would be less of a concern. The type of protein they're getting from those squares when they feed on it, they don't really care where it comes from. So when we get into a bloom, and I mean a consistent bloom stage in the cotton where pollen is available, those guys will hop over and start feeding on that pollen where they will do absolutely zero economic damage. It's actually easier for them to feed on that pollen. So at that point, they cease to become a pest once we reach bloom stage. But for now, if you're not at bloom yet and you're running, you know, 20% or larger square drop, those squares should represent the bulk of our crop. So if the population of flea hoppers is there and we've got the square drop, you certainly need to treat. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas border farmers and ranchers are asking the Biden administration to pay for damages that illegal migrants are causing to their property. The leader of the state's largest farm organization was featured on the Fox News morning show Fox and Friends last week to discuss that problem. Here's the audio from that feature with Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Boehning. Texas farmers saying enough is enough. Photos show cut fences, destroyed crops, vandalism, as the American Farm Bureau calls on the Biden administration to pay for all the damages to the farmer's land left behind by the surge of illegal immigrants. Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Boehning joins us now. I know you represent these farmers. What are they saying? What are they finding on their property? You mentioned it already. It's the uh, the crop damage, the fences, and, and other type of property damage. We're talking to the Biden administration of, of helping with some of those uh, economic hardships. And what exactly uh, do you want? How can the administration help you? Well, uh, economically, uh, financially, I, I think it's, it's something that they haven't addressed. In our opinion, they really haven't addressed the, uh, the border crisis. It's part of the larger picture. It's not just the economic hardship that the farmers and ranchers and other folks along the border are facing. It's the safety issue. We can call attention to the economic issue, but we also need to call attention to the safety issue of, of our folks, the humanitarian issue of the uh, immigrants trying to come over. The economic issue, we, we can quantify. Folks are keeping track of their losses. But some of the other, you know, the other stuff, the safety and stuff, that's hard to quantify, but it, it surely exists. Yeah, especially if you're, what if you're a stay-at-home mom and your husband's out on the ranch working and they're you know, walking through your property. It is very dangerous. I read that some pickup trucks have also been stolen, and we've had a lot of ranchers on our show talking about some of the damages that they have seen. Have you heard back from the administration? 
No, Angelie, we haven't. You know, we've had a, we've had a Zoom meeting with them here uh, several weeks ago with representatives from the administration. They took our concerns. They said they would take them to the administration. But as of right now, to my knowledge, we have not heard back from them. What about the governor? I know you went to the border security summit. The governor has really acted in, uh, proactively on this situation. You know, we're proud of that. Uh, he's he's uh, uh, allotted more resources. Uh, you know, both law enforcement. And, and maybe some resources to uh, to continue building the barriers. Well, they'll work. Uh, you know, they may not work everywhere, uh, but in our opinion, the governor has uh, has reacted in, in a very positive way uh, and a proactive way. Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Boehning addressing the border issue last week on Fox & Friends. While farmers and ranchers never slowed down during the COVID pandemic over the last year, but the rest of the country is finally getting back to business now. Barry Mahler says he's seeing a lot of activity across Texas and in other parts of the country. I've been traveling some the last couple of weeks for both business and pleasure and have found a lot of people around the country are ready to put this COVID deal behind them and get out and move about. It's very apparent when trying to secure airline tickets and hotel rooms and rental cars. I realize that varies due to the popularity of the destination, but the airports are busy with large crowds in the terminals, crowded parking, and full planes on at least the two I've been on lately. Rental cars are in short supply due to a year of low demand and saw companies Companies selling off some of the fleet and now struggling with supply issues to regroup. Popular hotels are pretty well booked and prices are reflecting that demand. Anytime I travel, I try to find an opportunity to get out in the country and see what agriculture looks like in that part of the world. I guess that desire comes from a lifetime in the business and advice from an ag economist many years ago telling a group of us that we need to look past our own back fence to see the big picture before making crop and marketing plans. And he's so right. Traveling through Central Texas to a Soil and Water Conservation Board meeting, I saw the country in good shape with a lot of spring and early summer rain. Cotton is progressing nicely, grain sorghum heading, corn being chopped for silage, and grass conditions, well, I believe they're as good as I've ever seen this time of the year. Conditions remind me a lot of what we're seeing here in my corner of the Rolling Plains with the only major challenge right now is just hoping to have a good stand of cotton after heavy rain at planting time, and that's turning out to be a little bit of a problem. I was in eastern Colorado for a few days visiting my son and saw wheat harvest underway, alfalfa hay growing off well with a lot of it already in the windrow, and a good bit of corn silage harvest going on in the dairy areas. Now, I realize that west from where I was in Colorado, the drought is real, and there are lots of problems out west with hot, dry weather. The one common thread I found in all the areas I visited is increasing cost for inputs with fertilizer and fuel being higher, increasing supply problems for parts, supplies, and chemicals. Farmers and ranchers are concerned about inflation eating away at the margin that's been pretty good as of late. Hopefully the supply chain will catch up after a year of short or lack of production of inputs, but right now you just can't expect everything you need to be there on a timely basis, and if it is available, it's probably going to cost more money. This is Barry Muller reporting from the Rolling Plains for Texas Ag Today. Ticks can carry a variety of diseases, including one that makes you allergic to red meat. How can you best avoid them? I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have a few tips coming up on Texas Ag Today. And we all tend to have an itch from time to time, but it seems to be a common problem this time of year in dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, we can all get an itch from time to time, but it seems to be a pretty common problem this time of year in dogs. In fact, veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd says it's probably the most common problem that he gets in his clinic at this time of year. By far the most common reason dogs itch is due to allergy, and most of this is due to atopy or inhalant allergy and reaction to pollen. However, it's a lot more complicated than that as you have to rule out fleas and other external parasites and even ringworm as all of them require different treatment. Also, a common issue is infection as the skin has a normal barrier to prevent infection, but when scratching develops, the skin's barrier decreases and allows bacterial and yeast infections to develop. These infections also increase itching and must be treated for the dog to decrease scratching. We have numerous medications to decrease scratching in allergic pets, and lots of our clients call our office and want refills when their pet begins showing allergic symptoms again. Many clients just want to pick up medication for scratching, but do not realize we have to make sure no infection is present, and this is the reason your vet may need to see your pet. Your vet is not wanting to see your pet to charge you for an exam, but to make sure no infection or other issue is going on. If your dog is treated with medication to stop the itching, but an underlying infection is not treated, the infection will get worse and your dog will suffer. The reason is that most of the medications to prevent scratching are immunosuppressive and decrease the pet's immunity to some degree. So if an infection is present, the infection can increase. It is very important for your vet to continue seeing your dog for allergy issues as we are not curing the allergy, but only controlling the symptoms. It is a lot easier to keep the allergy under control than allowing a serious underlying infection to develop. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Ticks can carry a variety of diseases, and we have plenty of them here in Texas. So the best plan is to try to avoid them. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. This time of year, Texans who plan on being outdoors much need to watch for a number of things. Red bugs, mosquitoes, snakes, and of course, ticks. Earlier this month, we told you that ticks can spread a number of diseases. So, of course, prevention is key. Dr. Lee Townsend, an entomologist, says ticks love tall grass, the shade, wooded areas, and yards that are near wooded areas. If you plan on being in any of those places, Dr. Townsend recommends using repellents and carefully inspecting your clothes often for ticks. Wear light clothing. Uh, Ticks are generally dark reddish-brown. They're going to show up much better against a light background than they will against blue jeans or darker colored clothes. If you can, wear long sleeves, long pants, and boots in wooded areas and tall grasses. He recommends tucking the bottom of your pants into your socks to keep ticks from crawling up your legs. Make a barrier so that ticks are having to stay on in your clothing. If a tick does find itself on your arms or legs, it will likely take 
some time before attaching. We're recommending that you check yourself regularly every couple of hours. Be sure to look behind your knees, around your waistband, around your neck, under your arms, and on your head. Dr. Townsend says if you use a repellent, it is still important to check your body for ticks because it won't keep the ticks off. But will prevent them from actually beginning to feed. Dr. Townsend says there are repellents that you apply to your clothing and not the skin, so be sure to read and follow all label directions. You can find out more about our ticks in Texas on the Tick app. It's available in your phone's app store. It's called the Tick app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market kicked off the week with a bang on Monday. Sharply higher prices thanks to some friendly USDA reports. We'll take a closer look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Healthy soil is essential to ensure food security and produce more food with less land. Today, farmers are combating erosion and compaction while restoring soil fertility and capturing carbon more than ever. Learn how at the virtual Soil and Water Conservation Society Conference, July 26th through 28th, by visiting swcs.org. This message is from Syngenta, urging you to explore one world connected through conservation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a nice rally to kick off the week Monday in the cattle market. We had triple-digit gains across the board in both live and feeder cattle. And you can probably thank some very bullish USDA reports released Friday for that. The monthly cattle on feed report and the biannual cattle inventory report, both coming out on Friday. That inventory report showing a drop in the nation's cow herd of 1% to 2%. So those lower cow herd numbers helping to support cattle prices on on Monday, August live cattle up a dollar ninety-five, one twenty-three forty-five. The October up two oh five, one twenty-nine twenty. December live cattle up a dollar sixty-seven at one thirty-three ninety-seven. Feeder cattle seeing even bigger gains with August feeders up two twelve, one sixty-two twenty. September feeders up two thirty at one sixty-four eighty-two. The October up a dollar ninety-five, one sixty-six forty-five. Cash-fed cattle trade quiet on Monday. The show list appear to be somewhat larger in Texas and Kansas this week, but lower in Nebraska and Colorado. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up 98 cents at 267.61. Select up 37 at 250.31. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear Auctioneer Troy sound off, it's time to talk to Jody Fry about the sale he had in San Angelo last Thursday. Jody, talk to us about price and quality. How many noses did you count? They sold real well. We sold 1,140 head. The cattle selling at least four to six dollars higher. Instance as much as ten dollars higher on some of them really choice sets of uh, steers that had been weaned or vaccinated or, or some of each. Calling those cows and bulls about steady. Bred cows and pairs as well selling steady. Better quality steers, four to six hundred pounds from 130 all the way up to a high of near 190, mostly 140 to 160. Six to eight hundred pound steers from 120 all the way up to a high of 165, mostly from 130 to 150. Better quality heifers, four to 600 pounds from 120, all the way up to a high of 165, mostly 130 
to 145. Slaughter cows averaged a high yielding, 55 to 69. Like I'd mentioned, didn't have as many of those high yielding cows today, but the ones we had from 71 all the way up to a high of 77. Slaughter bulls, 71 to 89. A few of the very highest yielding slaughter bulls from 91 to a high of 97. Cow-calf pairs had a few small groups, uh, baby tooth to solid mouth pairs, averaged to better quality anywhere from 900 to a high of 1375. What do you say for next week? I think more of the same on the sheep and goat sale, uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 7,000 head. Could be a few more uh, if, if it's a good warm weekend with no moisture, could could get up in that 8,000 head range. Look for the cattle numbers maybe to back off a little bit, uh, probably somewhere between 900 and 1,000 head of cattle next Thursday. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. Call us there at the office, 653-3371. My mobile phone would be 325-234-7895. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. We've been with Jody Fry. From producers in Cargill, they sell cattle on Thursday. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed higher on Monday. August hogs up at nickel 10740. The October up 47 cents at 9310. Class three milk was mixed. August milk up 13 cents, 1660 a hundred weight. The cotton market closed slightly lower, recovering from a big drop earlier in the trading session. We started off the day on Monday sharply lower on news that another U.S.-China meeting went badly over the weekend. China apparently accusing the U.S. of being the biggest bully in the world. That caused a tumble in cotton prices, but we did recover to only close slightly lower. October cotton down three points, 90.29. The December down six, closing at 89.6. The corn market closed higher, continuing to get support from dry weather in the Corn Belt. Temperatures expected to be hot for much of the Corn Belt over the next few days, and there is not a lot of rain in the seven-day forecast, so that's helping to support prices. September corn up two and a half, five forty-nine and three quarters. December corn up three and three quarters, five forty-six and three quarters. The wheat market closing lower on the nearbys, higher on deferreds. September Kansas City wheat down seven cents, six thirty-nine. Soft wheat in Chicago down. Seven at six seventy-seven a bushel. Rough rice lower. September down seven cents, thirteen fifty-four and a half. November soybeans up six cents, thirteen fifty-seven and three quarters. August soybean meal unchanged, three fifty-three sixty a ton. In the energy markets, August natural gas up two cents, four oh eight. September crude oil up six at seventy-two thirteen a barrel. And we'll wrap it up with a look at the financial markets. The Dow up sixty-two points, thirty-five thousand one twenty-three. The Nasdaq down ten, fourteen thousand eight twenty-six. The S&P up 6, 4,418. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then, right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.